When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- bombas.com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. It's time to do it over. Talking about paintings that inspired performances and just how fast a horse can run. You'll understand all of this in just a second because now it's time for How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. Hit the theme! Last looks, last looks, say something before it's gone. Because it's last looks, last looks, this is the opening song. Well, after this one, Paul moves on. What is up, my blue lipstick men and my French mermaids? I'm your host, Paul Shear, and welcome to a very special, supersized edition of Last Looks. That's right, today on Last Looks, we are not only going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons, but also the king's daughter. We're going to have special guests galore because later in the show, we are joined by How Did This Get Made All-Star. Ike Barinholtz will be here. You know him from episodes like Cellular, On the Line, and Bats. He's going to be talking about his brand new improvised comedy podcast called The Chris Chapman Do-Over, which is hilarious. Since I've interviewed him, I've listened to two episodes and they are great. Uh, basically, he's a shock jock who uh, is trying to get back from being canceled. It's him, Lisa Gilroy, uh, Neil Casey, some of the funniest people ever. And each week, very special guest stars. It's done by the same team that did Amy Poehler's improvised podcast, Dr. Sheila. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Plus, we're going to reveal next week's movie. But before all that, a huge shout out to Quinn for that opening theme. Quinn, thank you. That was awesome. I loved it. And we want more songs. If you have a theme for last looks, send it to how did this get made at earwolf.com, please. But keep them short. Brevity is the soul of wit, and we will all appreciate a 15 to 20 second song. I mean, it's just the way it goes. People, you might have heard this last week, but I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to repeat it again for a long time. I wrote a book. I literally just finished the copy edit of my book, 
seconds ago. It is called Joyful Recollections of Trauma, and you can pre-order it now. You can get it as an ebook. You can get it as a hardback. You could get it as an audiobook. Um, and I beg you, get the book. Get the book. It's important in the publishing industry to sell books before they actually come out. I didn't know that. I want to tell you a little bit about this book really briefly. This book was made truly because of you, the How Did This Get Made audience. And I'm not saying that hyperbolically. When I started telling these stories on the show, you made supercuts. There were blog posts about them. And you kind of gave me this feeling like, oh my gosh, maybe there is something here that I could turn into something bigger. Um, so I started writing and I'm, I love my book. I, I mean, thankfully, uh, no, I'm excited about it. I put a lot of time into it and I really wanted to do something that was special, something that I think gives you what you want, but also something you don't expect. And, uh, and I think I accomplished that. The only thing I know I definitely accomplished is I need more. I need to do it more. I love this process. I love writing. I started a Substack uh, because I want to keep on writing. And if I actually sell a bunch of books, I'll be able to maybe make another one. I don't know. Oh my God, that seems daunting after the last 10 days I just had. Anyway, Joyful Recollections of Trauma is the book. It is a collection of childhood tales and more. You could pre-order it wherever you get your books. And uh, here's the other thing. We know that How Did This Get Made has an amazing uh, group of people that support local public libraries. The easiest thing you could do is just go to your local public library's website and request that they buy my book. That's actually great too. It's like buying a book, but you don't have to spend any money. Although I would love you to, to spend some money on the book. Uh, I don't see a dime of it, but I'll tell you this much. If you pre-order the book and if you save your receipt, I have something very special for you, something that I'm going to mail to your house. And I'm not just talking to one person. Why am I doing this? I'm spending a lot of money to do something crazy because I appreciate anyone who would go out of their way to purchase a book. So that's that's why I'm doing it. You can go to my website. You can go to How Did This Get Made website and you'll see links to get the book. Anyway, more on that. I'll talk about it a lot, but uh, I'm excited. And the audiobook is going to be fucking fun too. How Did This Get Made is on the road. We're continuing being on the road for a little bit. February 3rd and 4th, we're going to be in San Diego and San Francisco. Get your tickets there. And we're going to be in Europe from March 28th to April 3rd. We're going to be in London for two nights. We're going to be in Glasgow. We're going to be in Belfast and Dublin. And man, I got to tell you, London and Dublin, I think we're sold out in all those shows, uh, which is amazing. Uh, Belfast, I'm looking at you. Uh, we got to, we're close. But Belfast, let's get those tickets going on here. Belfast, show them what you're made of. We'll also be at the Netflix is a Joke Festival, uh, May 8th through the 10th at Largo. Woo! So many live shows. So much going on. Books, podcasts, so many things uh, we'll be talking to you. Oh, by the way, I might actually include you on the audiobook. Well, we'll get into all that. Okay. Let's get into it. During our last two episodes, we talked at length about Dungeons and Dragons and the King's Daughter. We had questions and we might have even missed a few things. Here is your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. Thought we knew it. I thought we had it. And everyone else was living on another planet. Now we come to you, hats in our hands, tell you all about how we fucked up. All right, thank you, Cool Skull, for that great theme. First up, we will be talking about Dungeons & Dragons, a film that Discord user Graham S. thought should have had the tagline, Dungeons & Dragons, D&D by way of Dumb & Dumber. 
I like that. I like it a lot. Can I give you a pitch to improve it, Graham? Just D&D, colon, dumb and dumber. That's how I would say it. I mean, I'm stealing your joke. Um, all right, let's go to the Discord. Grumblebottom writes, I know poor Morgan got overworked for no pay in that D&D episode, and I thank him for his service. As a longtime player and sometime dungeon master, I sympathize with him. Go, Morgan. Also, how did that entire episode happen without mentioning that Richard O'Brien, Riff Raff, from Rocky Horror, and Mr. Hand from Dark City was the head of the Thieves' Guild, and that the Elf King was played by Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor from Doctor Who, who turned down the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, justice for Riff Raff and the fourth Doctor. Now, let me just nerd out on you here. Scott, um, our amazing producer, and I teamed up here to kind of do some research. Accounts do vary about whether or not Tom Baker was actually offered the role or simply made it to a short list, okay? We're not sure that, you know, I don't want to I don't want to slight anybody who got the part. Either way, Baker said he would have turned down the role because he wasn't willing to leave his wife for an 18-month shoot in New Zealand. So that's what he got there. Um little did he know that he could have brought his wife potentially or I mean, well, who knows? I, again, I don't want to judge anybody. I, I would probably have a hard time uh, leaving anywhere for 18 months as well. Um, that's a long, long time. Um, but why didn't we mention Richard O'Brien and, and Tom Baker? I don't know. Because it was not that on a list of the most insane things in the movie falls like in the deep 80s. Anyway, Dungeons and a Dragons write some info regarding the conversation about the dwarf's height. Although the producers were looking for someone under five feet to play a very tough dwarf, um, five foot four actor Lee Ehrenberg said he told them, I got a few more inches, but a foot more talent than the other short people they were auditioning. And Ehrenberg said he compensated for his taller height by walking with a stoop and spreading his legs wide. Guess what? didn't work and and i gotta say um five foot four and even at five foot not really what i think of when i'm thinking about that type of a character great performance but i don't think he fooled anyone uh but the talent was all there dr guts 1003 writes so what exactly is Ridley getting knighted for at the end of the film? He was responsible for bringing the Red Dragons to Izmir, which created more harm than help. Then he opts not to kill Jeremy Irons, leaving that up to Thora Birch to take care of. And if we're saying he's worthy of being knighted simply for going on a journey, then the rest of the crew deserves a similar honor. Or is this like a Chewbacca situation where only the white guys receive the honor despite the others going on the journey? Boom! Slam! You know what, Dr. Guts? I 100% think they tried to copy Star Wars there and they had no reason why. There, there was no reason given. And, and maybe it was a, a badge of dishonor. Maybe it was a dishonorable discharge he was getting. He should have gotten a dishonorable discharge at that point. Biggie writes, as a longtime dungeon master. Oh, wow, we got a lot here. Um... I've had many players like the Snails character at my table. They steal random stuff all the time and mouth off to villains that are much higher level than the characters. All of that is fine, but often leads to hijacking the story and making it all about their characters. I wondered if the absolutely brutal killing of Snails in the movie was a nod to those types of problem players. I know I killed a problem PCs at the table in a similarly brutal fashion so they could come back as another character that might fit the table better. Uh, there weren't enough nods to the game in general to make me believe that that is true, but I really wanted Damon Wayne's 
to come back for five minutes after Snail's death in a slightly different costume and inexplicably join the party seamlessly. That would have been really like D&D. Okay, that's actually a pretty great idea, but um, I, you know, I don't really have enough experience to, to give my take on that. Um, I do have the experience to tell you that it wasn't Damon Wayne's in the film. It was Marlon Wayne's. You were close in the Wayne's world, uh, <laughs> but not, uh, but not, not the right Wayne's. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I'm not a dungeon master. I, I don't know. Maybe I should call in some help here from a, a true dungeon master. Morgan, what do you think? Hey, Biggie, you're right not to believe it. The movie doesn't sit close enough to the source material for a deep cut like treating Snails as a problem player to be intentional. Snails didn't even hog the spotlight. As Paul pointed out, Ridley was undeniably the star of the movie, and having a star at all throws any concept of party dynamics out the window. Jason's guess that Wayne's needed to cut shooting short to do Requiem for a Dream seems more likely. But yeah, the beer fest gag of I'm Snails' brother Dales and I want to help you finish what my brother started, also to honor him, call me Snails. It's a time-honored tradition in old-school D&D, as that game could be quite lethal, and making an identical character to the deceased was easy and let you still use the deceased's equipment. Boom. Thank you, Morgan. Morgan, working the phones. We cannot get enough of Morgan. All right, and as we are working the phones, let's go to David from New York. Hey, phone crew. This is David here from New York. Um, I don't know if you know this, but James Cameron almost directed this movie. Um, basically, uh, the producer of the film uh, was a really big fan of Dungeons of Dungeon and Dragons, and he reached out, got a hold of, of James Cameron. James Cameron came in for a meeting to uh, direct a film, uh, and the head of Wizards of the Coast, who owned Dungeons and Dragons at the time, I think they still own them, I'm not sure. Anyway, they, uh, the person who was in charge of this woman, I forgot her name, decide to tell James Cameron, why should you direct Dungeons and Dragons? What can you bring to the table that will help us make a good film? Essentially, acting like he was a nobody. So James Cameron got pissed off, uh, decided that he didn't want to do the movie, with good reason, and uh, the, the producer uh, couldn't get anybody else, so he decided to uh, direct the movie, uh, which is why it's so horrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, the guy behind some of the best films in the 20th century uh, got told by nobody that he didn't matter. Uh, anyway, so I will let you go. Have a good one, guys. Thanks a bunch. You know what? Honestly, this is a movie that probably was around forever. And I could see James Cameron actually doing a great version of this movie. According to the LA Times, uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Rennie Harlan were also attached to direct at certain times, but deals fell through. We might have even talked about that on the show. I, I think it's one of those movies where everybody has a meeting on it. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, everybody I knew had a meeting about doing like the M&M's movie, you know, like how they have those, those M&M's before, like, you know, like the funny M&M's, like, you know, something, it's like, were you attached? Were you interested? Well, who knows? You were there. You did something. Uh, I would have loved to seen any of those people direct this film, but clearly it, it wasn't going to happen. These people, these producers pissed everyone off. Um, Let's hear from Jackie in Brooklyn. Jackie, what do you got? Hi, Paul. I was at the show in Philly. During the episode, you guys used the word sector, which is a great word and is a word that I wish they used in the movie. But they used the word rod throughout the movie um, to talk about the, the rod that they were holding, needed to find, all of that. And I, I guess this is really a question for Morgan. Um, but... I was 
curious if that is a Dungeons and Dragons term or if that is just something that they use in the movie because it's for kids and it would be easier to understand. Um, but anyways, that's it. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. And I'll just give a shout out to uh, my friends, Maria and Kevin, and their new son, Miles, that I went to the show with, who was just born on New Year's Eve. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Rod, Scepter. Again, I don't know the answer. I have to throw it to my dungeon master, Morgan. Is it a rod? Is it a scepter? Hi, Jackie. Good guess. Rod is, in fact, a classification of magic items in D&D, which scepters would fall under. Iconic examples include the Rod of Rulership, Rod of Wonder, and the Immovable Rod. But the iconic item to control dragons is actually an orb of dragon kind. No idea why the movie decided to use a rod instead. They could have just made the orb on the end of the rod and called it a day. Maybe they had a leftover prop from another movie and had run out of money. Thank you, Morgan. Setting the record straight once again. And finally, Morgan from Philly. What do you got to say? Hey, Morgan here, and I have a few corrections and omissions of my own. Jason mentioned how Marina barely uses her magic, even when it would be super helpful. This is one of the few D&D things the movie got right, albeit perhaps unintentionally. Paul quipped about her being in her first year of wizard school, so she only knew one spell. But Paul was right on the money here. Wizards learn more spells as they level up. Not only that, but mages in D&D can only use their spells a finite number of times. A first-level wizard, before this movie was released, could only cast one spell per day. Then they had to resort to using a crossbow until they got a good night's sleep. Later editions of the game gave mages weaker spells that could be cast over and over again. But to this day, stronger effects like opening portals or zapping a whole crowd with lightning are still finite resources which mages have to judiciously manage. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, all right. I, I am surprised that is accurate. Well, I guess, you know, maybe it's not great for a film. You know, it's like, oh, Schwarzenegger uh, in this is a, a robot Terminator. But in this movie, he doesn't kill. I don't I don't agree with it. I don't I, I agree with what you're saying, but I disagree with it. Uh, anyway, so many great D&D corrections and omissions. Thank you to Morgan for jumping in here and answering uh, all of these questions. And you know what? Morgan was such a true, uh, a great sport this entire time. People loved him. There were so many overwhelming comments about him. And I just wanted to give Morgan a chance to say thank you to all of you who supported him. Hey, how did this get made, fam? Morgan here. It was an honor to rep my fellow Philly nerds at the show. Hearing 1,800 people chanting my name on a stage I've seen Neil Gaiman speak on was one of the wildest experiences of my life. Since then, I've been telling the story to anyone who would listen as I eagerly awaited the episode drop. And I've also been DMing four campaigns and playing in three others. I'm not really on social media, but friends have been showing me the lovely posts y'all made across different platforms. Seeing everyone's support has been incredibly flattering. And if you're not sick of me, some fellow audience members interviewed me for their podcast, Trip B. You can check that out. I've also been lurking on the How Did This Get Made subreddit and was considering doing an AMA there. Throw some posts up if you'd be interested in that. Thanks again to Paul, Jason, and June for letting me hold the mic and to Philly for giving me one of the best nights of my life. Thank you, Morgan. And we'll be right back after a quick few words from our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by 
Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, plus... With Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace. And I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Welcome back. That is enough of Dungeons and Dragons. Now it is time to get into corrections and omissions from The King's Daughter, a movie that Discord user Pawn Paloma thinks could have had the tagline, The King's Daughter, My So-Called Mermaid. Yes, I love it. So-called life reference. I'm into it. Let's go back to the Discord. John, not Connor, writes, The gang pointed out several instances on how cheap and thrown together this movie seemed. One more example is that when the quartet is supposed to play the special mermaid dissecting requiem, Marie destroys their instruments to sabotage the ritual, or so we're told. Because as soon as Marie busts in on them, we smash cut to the next scene and we never see her destroy the instruments. Clearly, the instruments were rentals. Boom! Wonderful eye. You are 100% correct. But didn't she smash up some instruments earlier, too? Like when the king was listening to music? I feel like they had one set to smash and they couldn't do it again. Um, I forgot this movie because it feels like that was recorded 
like last summer. Um, Sean McBee writes, just to expand on Paul's point about Versailles being far from the water, I looked it up and it is roughly 115 miles to the nearest coastline, which is the English Channel. So here's some math. In the absolute best circumstance, a horse can ride about 100 miles a day, though typically it's 20 to 35 miles. A solar eclipse from start to finish lasts about two and a half hours, with totality lasting seven and a half minutes at most. All this to say is that the idea of getting from Versailles to the shore during the course of the eclipse is just about impossible in a car, and no stretching of credulity makes it feasible in this film. Thank you, Sean, for doing the math. I also like how much leverage you gave a horse uh, from 25 miles a day to 100. I feel like you really you really uh, are being paid by big horse. Okay, Rocket Wesker writes, the movie did give an explanation for why the heroine can breathe underwater. One of the mermaid's powers is that if one swims close enough to the mermaid, then that person is able to breathe underwater too. Yes, I think we knew that. But this is also why Captain Jack Boring was able to escape for sigh with the mermaid through the water. If I recall correctly, the heroine also told the king about this and listed it as one of the reasons why the mermaid should be considered sentient. All right. So but are you saying that you could force the mermaid to give you that power? Because it feels like the mermaid like grants it. You just can't take it. Anyway, I don't remember that part of the movie. <laughs> Or even our issue with it. So all I'm going to say is, yeah, you're right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we got Eric. What do you got, Eric? This is Eric. I'm a history teacher, and I wanted to say a couple of things about the king's daughter. First of all, I don't know. If you look up Louis the Fourteenth, there's, like, a very famous painting of him. It's, like, the one at the top of the Wikipedia page where he has, like, an outstretched arm, and he's holding his scepter. And Pierce Brosnan, on quite a few occasions of this movie, basically, like, hits that pose. He does the exact same thing. And it, it was, I don't know, to me, who, like, has shown the painting in my class and all that stuff, it just looked really weird. Like, he didn't really do any research. He just, like, looked at the picture and was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I got it. Um, anyways, thanks. Oh, my God. You know what? Scott, our amazing producer, he actually found that portrait and several screen grabs from the film. We'll put this on our social media here. But you're right. Yes. He's just straight up stealing that post. You know, some people, it starts through uh, physicalization. That's where the acting becomes. Some people put on a costume and they become the character. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was like, give me a scepter or a rod. Again, I don't want to get into that debate. Uh, and uh, I'll be this guy. I mean, it clearly, this is what I have an issue with. Clearly. Louis XIV was posing for a picture. Pierce Brosnan decided that uh, his Louis XIV would always be posing for a picture. Oh, my God. This is amazing. You have to see his pictures. And now let's go to Andrew from New Jersey. Hi, Paul. I just listened to The King's Daughter. And I got to say, I was looking into the book, The Moon and the Sun, that it's based off of. Because I thought, like, oh, it's based off the book. That's interesting. And then to tie things to some of your background or fandom, the author, Vonda McIntyre, actually wrote several novelizations of Star Trek movies, including Wrath of Khan, uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, which has been discussed on the show before. And I just thought you would think that that was interesting. Thanks so much. Hey, I love it. I love a Star Trek novelization. I've read many 
Star Trek movie novelizations. As a matter of fact, I have a whole book uh, shelf full of movie novelizations, the lost art that I wish would come back. Well, way to go. I feel like we should not be judging uh, this movie on the book, right? Vonda and McIntyre shouldn't take any shrapnel from what happened here in this film. Uh, I would like to go read some of her Star Trek movie novelizations and, uh, and relive all my favorite moments from Trek. Anyway, great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one winner. I have to tell you, this is hard to do, but I, I, I think I'm giving the winner out of all the calls to Eric. That's right, Eric. You finding out that Pierce Brosnan made his entire character choice based off a painting truly is the most mind-blowing thing that I've heard on this show in quite some time. And you know what? Because of that, you are going to get an amazing song from our friend Casey Campbell. Hit it, Casey! You were the best thing that Paul heard today So yourself on the back Cause that's all you're getting Okay, if you want to submit an alt-movie tagline or chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. Coming up, Jason and I are going to be joined by Ike Barinholtz to chat about his hilarious new podcast, The Chris Chapman Do-Over, and so much more. Plus, as always, I will reveal next week's movie. But first, get ready because we got a bonus scene from our King's Daughter show. Take a listen. Sir, what's your name? What's your question? Jim, and my question is, who do you think did the Free Willy escape better? Willie the killer whale or the mermaid escaping over the wall of the grotto? Holding, holding um, the guy. She's Captain carrying Jack Captain Jack Boring in her arms. <laughs> well, yeah, why could she escape at that moment? I, and again, this is where when I watch a movie like this, it makes me dumber. But I'm like, is there a reason why that was a moment where she I could felt escape? Like maybe something happened with the wheel that they did. I don't know, Paul. Yeah, the wheel was a part of it. He came up on that wheel. That was spooky. Really spooky. That's when I realized I was like, these guys look too much alike. Because I was like, who is that? Is that the boyfriend or is that the evil guy? It was also the wheel was moving so slowly. He had so much time to get off of it. And, and she has so... You watch her work out every single detail of... And he's like... And she's like... This, this goes on for so long. In a movie in which every scene is 15 to 30 seconds long itself, they are cutting scenes mid-sentence from people. It's so not working. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice, plus visit your in-laws, plus venture into the wilderness, plus wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with 
free delivery, perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, it's all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount plus plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. If you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when When I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey everybody, I think you probably all have noticed this, but every Monday we re-release old episodes online in the stream. We don't have a vault right now, so that's the best way we can combat this, and we are putting some fun ones out for re-release. This week's Matinee Monday was Free Jack with Sinclair and Phoebe Robinson, and next week will be the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic Street Fighter with John Gemberling. So keep on checking out these replays. Okay, now it is time to... Welcome to the stage, the podcast, to the recording. How did this get made, All-Star? A true Statham maniac. We're going to talk about the beekeeper. Oh, you know it. Uh, Tom McWaters, play us in as we meet Ike Barinholtz. We're going to have ourselves a conversation. Just chat. No quarantine or vaccination. Just chat. Paul and Jason, a couple of cats. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. First of all, Ike, I'm excited that you're here. We'll just jump right in and say, uh, uh, do you know the premise of the new Jason Statham movie? The beekeeper, the beekeeper. I do. Um, he is just—he's just a simple, humble beekeeper, former assassin, 
Former assassin, former I'm, black I'm so ops. Sorry. I'm so sorry to tell you that I have read the script for Beekeeper. Whoa! <laughs> How uh, did you get you your tell? hands on that thing? <laughs> Ooh, I got my mitts on that script. I got my mitts on that script, and it's a blast. There was someone in the trailer that I was like, oh, man, that's a Manzuka's part. They're like, Because basically... He's friends with Felicia Rashad, Jason Statham, Mm -hmm. an older woman that he takes care of her bees. And then she gets like internet fished and then commits suicide. And he goes off to like avenge her death, which is Patty Chayefsky's last script, right? Yes. Yeah. He wrote Network and this was based on a Trump, a Dalton Trumbo idea. (laughs) I just saw today that there's some rumors going around that like, there's apparently a twist in the movie that was based on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. What? <laughs> and they're like, and oh the filmmakers God. are like, no, no, that is not true. This is no, not- this scene where there's an old confused man and his son with his dick out. That's not based on <laughs> two different guys. But so the so there is this uh, this thing with the beekeeper where, uh, like you know, she's being internet fished, uh, scammed, and like they cut to like the guy doing it and like he's in a room of like all these people like dressed super fashionable like they all went to Zara and they're all on computers <laughs> and he's in the center on a headpiece and like he gets her you know bank information he's like yeah oh and he's like fist bump and like <laughs> like this. Wolf of Wall Street yes and I was yeah. like as and- opposed to just a massive call center in Bangalore <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just love that it was like super like they tried to make it like real sexy What what's going on here oh yeah, no, it's going to be I'm I cannot wait to see it. Oh, I I, the I reviews cannot are wait to great. see it. The reviews are literally like it's all their the good seven. reviews. Oh, great reviews. Because I was going to say, I can't wait to be doing uh, How Did This Get Made live in 2045 oh, no. for the beer. I don't we'll do it. I don't think we'll, maybe we'll do it, but it is a lot more. At least it's when cool. I read it, I was like, oh, this feels a lot more like it wants to be playing in the John Wick like yes, style. Right. Versus like a, um, a Chev Chelios, a, a crank Jason Statham. From what I understand, or, uh, though, it's still like really fun and super crazy, right? Like well, there is. Um, yes, I mean, quite a lot of his uh, assassin skills. I think I'm allowed to say because having having read it, are because are, are using explosive honey and other what? B, uh, other <laughs> bee related things. <laughs> Well, you know, JS is probably still very like enmeshed in the bee. Like he's probably on set at his new movie right now being like, ah, so you're putting honey in your tea, eh? You know where the honey comes from? A bloody fucking bee. It comes from a bloody fucking bee. Did you know that? And you know what? Once the queen dives, the hive is lost completely. I'd like to have you come down and check out my apiary. (laughs) Have you seen my apiary? Just give me one second. I'm going to put on this yellow jacket. (laughs) I got it at free, misconception. I got it free and easy at Highland Park. Common misconception, wasps and bees, very different. Wasps and hornets are nasty, but bees are actually peaceful. But bad oh. news for you, I'm not a bloody bee. We got to do it. We got to do it. We, we got to do, do that. We have we to do, do our idea we gotta of fill you through. the podcast that is just the three Stathams. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It. I'm all in. I'm all in for it. I'm loving it. The whole thing is we, all we want to do is get a chance to interview Jason Statham. That's the but, goal. Which until I then <laughs> is on the table. At one point, I, I feel like I had heard he was inter- – like. 
He was amused by our fascination by him. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's incredible. It is. I hope he understands it is nothing but legit fan worship. Like, oh, I think he is the uh, coolest man who's ever fucking lived. This is oh, not oh, like, yeah. oh, Steven Seagal. And this like is an like, uh, Olympic diver. Like, he just says, oh like, my God, he's a model. doing it all. Model, doing it all. The guy got, he's got the goods. I love um, it. I, I love I'm him. obsessed. And yeah. we need those. We need we need a movie called The Beekeeper. Like we need, we need this. Our culture and needs the it. extended Beekeeper universe. When we get there, uh, absolutely. <laughs> EBKU. <laughs> yes. By the way, speaking of extended universes, Ike, you are now in an extended universe. Uh, I'm in a Marvel movie. I'm in it. I did a Marvel movie. <laughs> sorry, sorry, marvelous Miss Maisel movie. Oh wait! Uh, I'm playing no, I, uh, Steve Allen in season six. Very excited! Breaking news. I was. I, I was think that's the crossover. To... That's the crossover I want. Marvel's marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. So you have it's it's the Marvels. You get all three of the the ladies, and uh, and then Miss Maisel's there. So you got uh, like Captain sure, Marvel and, is, like I mean, shooting lasers, and then Miss Maisel's like, but I'm not she's a superhero. So... I'm not a superhero. I'm a pretty good hero. <laughs> but gotta remember, she's also Lois Lane, isn't she? Oh, isn't isn't, Bro- isn't Brosnahan our newest oh, Lois Lane? Right. Is that true? In, okay, in gun in Guns movie in James Guns movie. I, I, I did not uh, know that. I, I was I working think, on uh, that. Might be wrong. Maybe I'm. Maybe no, I'm, I think you're right. Be... I auditioned for Superman. I haven't heard back yet, so I'm still. Yeah, yeah me too. We should check it. We should follow up on that. Yeah, I can't um, imagine a world where I didn't book that. But like, we'll find. I out mean, we'll see. I uh, my audition for Superman. Uh, it, my character was shirtless, and yeah. I, I and uh, and I did that uh, shirtless. And June's like, you you put the shirt on, and I was like, yeah. Well, yeah I, I didn't take fun take for mine. I was uh, I did my audition. It was like Superman, but what if he's kind of dealing with a bout of acid reflux? Yeah, <laughs> like imagine if Superman ate a really big dinner the night before, and he's just like a little oh, bit of oh, a little mild burping during the. Yeah, I did my nude. I did my nude because I assumed that the suit was CG. Yeah, you know, you have I to assumed assume that. the suit was VFX, and I'm like, they're gonna put it on me. They're gonna do. They're gonna Got do it. that themselves. <laughs> For the audition, um, they did that for the audition, so they could see how you'd look in the movie. They, I'm like, hey, listen, I gotta, I have to show them the 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 canvas that they're going to be painting. Oh, of course, on. I mean that's that's the whole thing. It's like, and I, you know, I do all that kind of work. And I I I got into an extreme regimen that I for the audition, you know, and uh, and I, I gained a lot of I gained a lot of weight. I just yes. drank the protein powders. I didn't actually do the workout, and I found out that that made me very bloated. I just like James. The idea of James Gunn looking at a board that has like a one picture of like. The kid from the bear, like one picture of like um, Jacob like Elordi, Jacob Elordi, like and the then hunks, and then just a nude man who kiss. He's just like, which way do I just, go? Uh, all, all right, go? all right. Where this is I interesting. Go? I like this. You know, look, I'm open to interesting <laughs> ideas. Um, I worked on this uh, movie where one of the actors is now in uh, Superman, but uh, between he was working on a movie, the strike happened, and then. They came back. He got Superman in between, right? Like, or the wow, some version of it. So anyway, the movie was shut down for weeks and weeks because of the strike. And he came back to set just jacked to the max. Wow. And we were like, oh, this isn't going to match the rest of the movie oh, where you were not. <laughs> well, his one arm was jacked from holding a sign all day. <laughs> I think they got to like throw him in like, uh, like sweatshirts for the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, oh my God. God. 
We got to get jacked. Guys, we've got to get jacked. We got, I talked we to someone it. years ago. Uh, I think it was Mark Duplass. We talked about like, we don't want to go crazy, but what if like six or seven of us just shared like low doses of HGH with each other? Just a little bit. Yeah. Like, like sure. the, 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 the syringe comes... I shoot it. I run it over. I shoot oh, like an eighth we're of it. sharing right. needles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. We're all safe. an alcohol pad. You clean it off, yeah. Yeah, you clean it off. You wipe it off. The Not Jason, real quick. You don't just wipe off your arm. You wipe off the needle. Hello. Yeah. I shoot a little bit. I drive over to your place. Paul takes a shot. He drives it over to your place. And then so on and so on. Just and then a we'll little all feel bit. Little tiny bit. That's all I'm looking. This for. is going to go perfectly with my. I'm also creating a, a new form of ayahuasca. I'm calling uh, shirawaska, and it's going to be tiny. Uh, and it just a little, it's a, just a little dab will do you, you know. And this is just like you just have a little bit of diarrhea for three hours. And then- <laughs> my thing is, my thing is, I don't like that ayahuasca right now as it exists is for everybody. I want to do it just with my bros, and I want to do ayahuasca, <laughs> and it's just, it's just a, a bros weekend. Where we do the sacred herb yeah, and man. we just go nuts, but just with the guys. That's what we See, need. I actually, the, the real shit is if you can get in and you can go to Korea and you can do Gangnam Style with Ayahuasca. Wow. <laughs> and that Such one a long is, walk. No, it's not Such actually. It's a, a short walk. walk. It's a short, lovely walk. <laughs> and Ayahuasca is what they're doing in Korea. That's what I've heard. Oh, my God. Wait, so the extended universe I was talking about that you are in is this, um, I don't even know what they're even calling it technically, but Amy Poehler. A podcast. A podcast. But Amy Poehler has this world that she's creating. She's doing these like uh, improvised comedy podcasts. And she started off with this one called Say More with Dr. Sheila. And Jason and I were both on that. You were on that. And you were yep. hilarious on that. Thank you, as were you, and, and you have now uh, spun this off. And now you have your own, you have your own podcast. You're doing that your own ca- thing. That character has his own podcast. Yes, yes. sorry, the, sorry. The, the yeah. Doctor, and it's, I think it's actually there's a question mark. Oh yeah, so do- yes. doctor? doctor Sheila, because she's not really a doctor, right? Uh, but the last one of her series, she interviews Chris Chapman, uh, who I play, who was a a a, a former uh, podcast star. I would say, got it. Went through a little mild cancellation, like we all have. Sure. Uh, actually, yeah. Jason has to be. Jason, you're getting canceled next week. I read. Oh, it's is that be a right? Good okay, one. Great. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. A lot of animals uh, involved. <laughs> yes, crazy. The um, tracking. The tracking is looking good. Tracking's looking good. I have you in my fantasy canceled uh, roster. You oh, pick actors you think are going to get canceled <laughs> in the next year. But he's a guy who kind of went through that, and he was he was for the boys. He was a okay. guy. You know what I mean? His uh, show was yeah. for the boys. And he's kind of coming back and he's gotten a new podcast, but it is, uh, it's contingent on him getting at least 1% female listeners. And so to (laughs) do that, the podcast company has paired him up with a female co-host who's person named Frankie played by uh, Lisa Gilroy, who you guys know. Hilarious. The best. Just like such a star, I think. And just literally one of the funniest people. She plays with us. In Dinosaur a Bunch, she's on yeah. Jury Duty, and she's on this uh, brand new, uh, well, I don't even know if I can talk about that yet, but she's on a brand new cool show on FX that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, she's amazing. And then I also brought with me my old sidekick from my old podcast, The Professor, who's played by our, our friend Neil Casey, uh, who is- Truly one of the great comedic geniuses of our time. Well, not, well, an, not an understatement. 
No, one of the funniest guys, and he yes. is the professor, right? He's, He's the, the professor. Now, yeah. is this kind of, like, I am, I grew up with Howard Stern. I love Howard Stern. Like, is this more Bubba the Love Sponge, or is this a little bit more like the, <laughs> like, or is this more is of this a... Is this Opie and Anthony? Yeah, like, where, this... where, what world are we living in? Joe rogan it's, it's really Don Imus. Uh, you okay. know, I'm not a Howard Stern fan. I was an <laughs> Imus guy <laughs> my <laughs> whole life. How you doing that boy? How you doing that baby boy? Uh, boy. Uh, uh, no, this guy is, he's a little bit uh, post a lot of those guys. This okay. guy was influenced by some of the great uh, dumb podcasters that we all Got know it. and love who, <laughs> sure, who sure. have zero expertise and incredibly uninformed opinions based off of horrible data. Uh, <laughs> he's, he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys, and early adapter to a podcast, probably. Are you doing a lot of research for this? Are you going deep? Like, I mean, because I imagine, I know that you got to play a character, you got improvising within this character. Are you just, are you like just going deep into like archives of podcasters and just taking it all in? It's basically like, uh, remember in uh, the miniseries Chernobyl where they're like, you have to get off the roof within 37 seconds or you'll, yeah. you'll have like, I've, I, it's, I've basically been on that roof for like three years now, <laughs> just like listening to every just consuming. Yeah. And they're getting dumber and dumber and, and they're derivatives of derivatives now. And I listen to a lot of them. Uh, so yeah, I've exp exposed myself to some pretty toxic it, stuff. Are, are you like, are there things that you're like on your show like, do you get excited to do a, because I'm assuming, do your episodes have a theme or a topic? Yes. Is each episode like, so are there things that you're like, oh, when in this, in my version, I'm going to come at this this way, or this is a, I want to play in this space completely, whether yeah. it's vaccines or whatever, only eating meat that you've killed or whatever. Every episode has a, a guest that we will be interviewing and that guest has some kind of expertise, some kind of uh, specialty. Uh, and by like, the way, your guests are amazing. It's like Armisen, Ashton Nicole Black, Sinclair, uh, Ego, Busy Phillips, Alice uh, Stanley Craig Jr. Kukowski, oh, Fights. Khaki. Uh, khaki. It's just, it, it was a, a ridiculous group of uh, friends we got to come and play. And exactly uh, to your point, uh, uh, Zooks, like, it was really a fun opportunity for me to just kind of be like, what would the dumbest guy I know who is trying to sound smart and trying to appear thing. to be like, you know, uh, all knowledgeable, what would he, what would his reaction be to that? And, you know, again, you have Lisa and Neil you're bouncing off of, and it's totally improvised. Like it's all totally yeah. made up. And it was, it was the most, it was the most fun I think I've had performing this year. Um, just because we never, whenever we do, like when I do, you know, dinosaur with you guys it's yeah. like it, it could not be more fun but all those scenes are pretty short they're three minutes or right. so or less and this to be able to sit in a studio and get to really go deep and and record for you know 45 minutes an hour with someone you you really you don't get to do that a lot when you improvise so when amy first kind of brought this to me and was like this is a chance for us to improvise and just kind of have fun without having to you know be on stage and just move fast it was irresistible I loved it because of that reason, the Amy show, because you just committed to a character and you just let it go. And like, people don't have the patience for that on stage often. Like they nah. have to be in the right mindset, right. To, to even see that. And so this that's, is amazing. You know, that's real special yeah, team improv. Yeah. 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 That's the same. Like when St. Clair and I did the show with, um, Amy, um, you know, it was literally, it felt like jumping back in time. Yeah. 
you know, to like a point where it was just we were doing stuff together that was just making us laugh, you know, that was really exploring and about discovery and making surprise discoveries and stuff like that. And and in doing so, finding real silly, funny stuff that was genuinely delightful that you wouldn't have found in a two-minute quick improv scene or a whatever, you know? So I think on a process level, this is dynamite. Yeah, it was, thank you. It was It was just, yeah, it was so much fun and it did give you the vibe of like, you know, improv's changed so much now, you know, you get like a like big shows like Dinosaur or whatever, but you used to have dozens of shows and oh, yeah, all the time. While, you find yourself in a show with someone who's like, hey, you want to do a two-person improv show tonight and we'll play the same and you, and you never get to do that anymore. So to get that chance again was just, just so much fun. Now, pa- Paul, I will say, Paul, you read the list of guest stars on the podcast yeah. and I don't think you read your name or my name. Uh, okay. Let me look okay. at your again. Okay. Let me see. So I'm just wondering, so I'm just checking my notes here for questions that I had for you, Ike, and the question I have is, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I knew this was going to come up, boys. All right, all right. All I right. knew this was going to come up and basically what it was, we, we, we had a talk, we talked budget and yeah. as you guys are <laughs> well, very is... well aware of your quote for doing mm-hmm. uh, a guest a spot on the podcast, we're yep. talking, we're talking $47,000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, a lot. Person, you know, we've been in the podcast game for 13 years. And like, respect you know? to you. I'm not saying you're not worth it. I'm not saying uh-huh. you're not worth it. Thank I'm you just saying, saying what, what are you saying? I'm saying for the amount of money we were given to produce this podcast, sure. We could uh-huh. not sign off and being like, yeah, it 94, is thousand yes. of it. Because then we would be left with six grand. How do I cover my transportation, right, my hair course. and makeup, my glam? Now, you do know that you sure. don't need to do that. Well, okay. Uh, again, I don't want to- It's wanna, an like, audio format. Yeah. It is an audio format, but we're taking stills the whole time. We're popping stills. Oh, okay. You know, there's going to be Got a cover. It. There needs to be cover art. I need All to right, look, sure, and, sure. and I also, as I know you guys adhere to this, I am not my funniest if I don't look my hottest. Uh, and that is and that is something I feel like I, people don't talk about. Men don't talk about that that much. Yep. So, yeah. They don't. They don't. Um, so, it, it was a strictly budget thing. But it, from what I'm hearing, if we hit the numbers we think we're going to hit, yeah, season season two... We're talking, we're talking, we get like five, six million bucks an episode. In now which case, smart. I pay smart. your quotes. I pay your family's quotes. I send, I, we've got transpo for you. We got snacks. We got the whole thing, but it just, we have to do it this way at first. I understand. I understand. So we should probably say, Paul, that we should encourage our audience to start listening at season two. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Well, now, oh. now if, you, if the only thing is this, if they don't listen now, we're huh? not going to get, we're not going to get to a season two if we don't have oh, your guys' okay. fans. All right. Well, I, you know, so, I, I, I see. All right. We I can see. make okay. it. We can make it. Yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to be on the show, please plug the show is what I'm saying. Or do it like this. Subscribe to the show now. Let the episodes download. Don't listen. No, no. You got to listen. They do, okay. they, you do. You do need do to listen, listen, but turn okay. down the volume. Huh. <laughs> listen to okay. the whole Smart. thing because they need to Smart. have the completion rate to yep. make sure that if you're they listening see it. for us for the how did this get made boys then season two is where you want to start pumping up that volume um, yeah, Christian Slater style yeah. alright well that is interesting like, um, can I tell you that I when I first came out to LA I just want to talk about like these guys for a second because when I came out to LA uh, Tom Likas was oh my god 
Uh, there was before Howard Holy Stern shit. had kind of gone on to Sirius. So, I, you know, I, like if you missed Stern in the morning, you wouldn't get him later. And I listened to Tom Likas. And what I always loved about Tom Likas was like how much he loved wine. Like, you know, oh he'd be God. talking about, he'd be tell you in one, uh, one side of his mouth, he'd be like, this is how you get your girlfriend to have a, a makeshift abortion. Uh, and then, yeah. and then, and then <laughs> yeah. he'd talk about the fine wine that he had last night at yeah. dinner. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so last night I had a beautiful silver oak cabernet at Morton's. And now we're going to do titty, <laughs> titty Tuesday. Honk your horn. <laughs> Ladies, remember, if, was, a, if a man uh, honks his horn at you, you have to show up your breath. Uh, Hey Tom, uh, can you uh, can you give me a bong hit? And they would always be like, <laughs> like, like, hey Tom, hey Tom, what's up, man? I'm in Alhambra. I'm about to be arrested for murder. Can you blow me up real quick? <laughs> I, I cannot never... recommend James Adomian's Tom Likas impression. I made him do enough. it for me so many times. It's the great. I did it. I did a comedy bang bang episode actually with Amy Poehler, Jason, uh, myself, and Lycus. It is one of the funniest things I have I ever heard in my life. He <laughs> is agree. so disgusting with Poehler. He's like, I bet you, I bet you want to have sex with this, don't you? And she's like, uh, no. He's like, I bet you do, dear. <laughs> it is one of the hard. It's I, I've never laughed so hard yeah. during a show I was on. I have sent that clip to so many people. It is, it is, yeah. Because who the who the fuck does Tom Likas? Oh well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the brilliance well, that's of James's bread and I mean, butter. By the way, I feel maybe like. in season two, Huel Hauser. I mean, maybe it should be like Likas <laughs> should come on your show. Uh, I feel like that's what we we're kind of maybe uh, tease that 1-800-1-900, as one eight hundred one not hundred. Blow me up, Tom. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. This may be. I may be talking way inside baseball, but you know when uh, Aspen Comedy Festival that was a thing that like would sure. happen that HBO would put on. People would come. They would do their shows. Get all these great comedy shows. Uh, from all over the country, primarily LA, Chicago, New York. And uh, they would do their shows there. And Tom Likas uh, was always set up in the lobby of the main hotel of the Aspen really? Comedy Festival doing wow. that show. Like, you know, so he was, uh, you know, he's wearing big dark sunglasses, all in black. And I, I just remember like just walking by him. I didn't know who this guy was. Uh, but to just know that like he somehow weaseled his way into that festival, like just to be in the <laughs> lobby, loud ass lobby. And he wasn't even getting people. He was just doing his show. It was a sort of like, I'm here. That's I'm also up. at the comedy festival. <laughs> uh, give it up. Give it up. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, God right, he so, was, he was great. Um, great guy. The podcast is, uh, the Chris Chapman do over. Yes. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes come out, uh, weekly, through March 14th. And if you've not even, if you don't even know what we're talking about with, uh, with Amy's podcast, say more with Dr. Sheila, you could listen to that as well. They, uh, it all goes together. It's, they really are. These are great, funny shows with hilariously funny people. I mean, this, when I knew that you, Neil and Lisa were doing a show together, like this is, this is it downloading it. Oh, and that it's characters. I love that. It's like that. It's, you know, that it is sketch type improv type characters. I love that. And thanks again for taking down these libtards, man. Let me, let, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks I for just, serving these guys. You know what up. I am? Uh, I, I, I realized a long time ago, I, I, I'm a shepherd, not a sheeple. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't play their game. They're going to play my game. Uh, so I can smart. promise you it's the dumbest way to spend like 40 minutes uh, on a Saturday. You go, are you going for a stupid hike? Uh, are you going to... F- Fold some dumb laundry. Uh, uh, are you, you going to go for an idiotic about bike to, ride? About to get on a subway, you I, moron. I got to tell you, our audience, they love you. They're in. They're downloading. They're listening. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, and season two, Jason Manzouk is Paul Shear on season two. First episode. Wow. This is going to be and exciting. Also going to go ahead and pre-plug. How did this get made? Featuring Jason Statham. The beekeeper. Yep. We will get that live is at happen. the will turn. Live at the will turn. <laughs> April twenty twenty five. Oh my god! What if we? What if we invite him and he's like, "Yeah, I would. I would love to go." Would and we're there to. and we're doing our bits and just like halfway through, he just beats the shit out of us. Well, by the just way, just starts he, kicking would, us. He, and shit. I would love it. I would love I, it. I, I oh mean, my I'm, god, the buzz. I'm gonna like. I will say that we've had that experience when we invited Vanilla Ice on the podcast and. uh he didn't really understand why he was on the podcast. We thought we were all on the same page. Not the, not the so case. understand. Not so understand. So, you want to so talk much. to me about my life, and my career? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, remember this fucking shit scene you were in? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Uh, all you right. guys are the greatest. Love you, boys. Thank best. you so much. Love you. Truly Ike. love you. Well, thank you, Ike, for chatting with us. You can listen to the Chris Chapman do-over wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear more of Ike on How Did This Get Made, his episodes are Cellular and Bats, and those came out in September and October. So just scroll back to find them. Or just search Cellular and Bats. I think that's the way podcast engines work. Anyway, next week's movie. Now that we got The King's Daughter out of the way, let's talk about what we're doing next week. That's right. We're going from a swimming mermaid in a bay to rollerblading LL Cool J. I love that rhyme. Next week, we are watching the 2002 sci-fi sports flick Rollerball starring Chris Klein, LL Cool J, and Rebecca Romaine. Here's a short breakdown of the plot. Jonathan is the most popular player in the fastest and most extreme sport of all time, Rollerball. But things go wrong for Jonathan and his teammates when they realize that Rollerball's creator wants more on-court accidents for higher ratings. Rotten Tomatoes gives this film a whopping 3% score on the tomato meter. And Mark Rather of the Seattle Times writes, they should have called it Gutterball. Ooh, Mark. Slam. Anyway, let's take a listen to the trailer. You think you can play? What's it gonna be? Us or them? They're going to kill you! Try to survive. From the filmmakers that brought you The Fast and the Furious and Die Hard. They're gonna kill somebody. Gotta catch me first. Rollerball. Pow. Rated PG-13. You can stream Rollerball for free on Tubi, Pluto TV, the Roku channel, and MGM+. Plus. You can also rent it on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, and Google Play. And if you want to go watch Rollerball, make sure you select the 2002 remake. The Chris Klein one. Not the 1975 original with James Conn. We are not watching the James Conn one. I don't want to send you down that rabbit hole, although it's a better film. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps if you listen on Apple Podcasts. That's a big deal. Uh, visit us on social media at HDTGM. And a big thank you to our producers, Scott, Sonny, and Molly Reynolds, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, our associate producer, Jess Cisneros, and our engineers, Casey Holford and Rich Garcia. We will see you next week for... Rollerball.